0: Welcome to Brand Appeal where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host Shannon Peel and today I talked with Tanya and Michael from Brandface all about branding and why it is so important to realtors and other businesses. If you are a realtor or a business owner who is struggling with niching down or telling the right story to the right people, This episode is for you, so keep listening. Tanya and Michael, thank you very much for coming by and talking to me today on Brand Appeal. And I've got one question for you. What is it that
1: you two want to be known for? Okay, well, I guess we can answer that separately too. But um, I, I would like to be known for really helping people find their inner star. Right. And when you're talking about personal branding, it's all about differentiating yourself and really finding that star inside of you that's inside of everybody, but they don't always know it's there because it's hard to see the label when you're inside the jar. So, so that's what we want to be known for is really helping them find that inner star to in order to differentiate themselves. Absolutely, mine goes right
2: along with it. Uh, you know, my uh, brand identifier is I'm the Abundant Life Broker, and I really want to spend the rest of my life teaching people the principles that have helped make me successful uh, and helping them achieve as much success as possible. So it falls right in line with what we do with Brand Face. So living the dream.
0: Living the dream. I love that living the dream. So Brand Face, how did you come up with the brand Brand Face?
1: Well, it actually um, started uh, back when I was in college. I was selling vacuum cleaners door to door to pay my way through school. And I really learned the basics of personal branding then, but I didn't know that's what it was called. I just thought, well, okay, I'm not getting in the door this way. I'm having doors slammed in my face left and right. So I should maybe present myself differently. I should maybe share my story why I'm here at their door. Three years of doing that, then I went into uh, the radio industry and I learned very quickly how much your personal brand impacts the business side of things. Many years after that, I helped a lot of business owners be the face of their own business and brand. And in 2012 or so, uh, that's where the term brand face came from because you're the really the face of your brand. Mm-hmm.
0: Selling vacuums door to door. If you can do that for that <laughs> long, there's nothing that
1: you can't do. Thank you, Shannon. That's, that is I, so true. <laughs> I would I would agree with that simply because I went through a lot of pain that hopefully, you know, the rest of you don't have to go through <laughs> because <laughs> I took all that pain and put it into personal branding systems. Well, to go from that to radio, that's
0: a very big difference as well.
1: Yeah, it was a huge difference. And, you know, when I first got to the, to the radio industry, I got doors slammed in my face again. And this time there were CEOs and marketing directors and business owners and everything in between. So it was a little bit of elevated door slamming going on. And then I realized, oh, shoot, I'm going to have to change the way I present myself here, too. And I'm going to have to level that up. And once I did that, Things instantly changed. My conversion rate of getting in the door was just astronomical. It was amazing. And then I realized, hey, it doesn't just stop with me. My own clients need to do that because I did realize that some of the more prominent business people and the more well-known and recognizable business people in town, they had done that. They were the face and the voice of their business. So I thought, why not pull all of this together, get myself out of the, you know, door slamming phase of life and, uh, and present myself differently as somebody who can help them, um, stand out and basically outperform their competitors. And so it was It was a big departure from vacuum cleaner sales, but the principles in the end were exactly the same.
0: Mm-hmm. So your background is sales. Michael, what's your background?
2: Well, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I came out of high school, worked for a company for an electrical engineering firm for about six weeks or six months, I'm sorry. And then I escaped and I've been responsible for myself ever since. Um, I wanted to be an auctioneer and that was my lifelong dream. Started off with cars and equipment, but the guy that trained me how to do that, he said, you ought to get your real estate license and you maybe make a little extra money on the side doing a farm sale. I did that. And for the decade of the nineties, that's what I did. I was a contract auctioneer that worked the Southeast and I would go into South Carolina, North Carolina, Alabama, a little bit of Florida, Georgia, of course. And uh, I would do contract car auctions and equipment auctions and then sometimes sell a farm sale on Saturdays. But then in 2006, when the mortgage debacle hit, uh, because of my real estate experience and being an auctioneer and being a broker and an auctioneer in several states in the southeast, I partnered up with a company out of Irvine, California, and we went after the Bear Stearns uh, residential portfolio when they went under uh, and we got it. And so then we turned nationwide. I ended up licensed in 30 states as an auctioneer and a broker. I've sold more real estate transactions than any one person on earth, well over 78,000 residential transactions in my career. career and growing. But good auctioneers are always working themselves out of a job. And we did that uh, by about 2012 2013. It was winding down and I was still fairly young and wanted to, you know, get back into something else like entrepreneurialism and uh, bought a piece of property met a nice lady. And she said, Hey, you know, we ought to open up a brokerage together in this small town. We don't have any competition. I thought she was right. So we did. And about two weeks later, she said, Listen, our marketing stinks, we need some help. And my niece, just happens to be the type of perfect person that we need to hire to do this. And I did that and did not realize at the time when I hired her that she was teaching me the brand phase principles that built the company. Uh, But in being in a real estate business, as a real estate broker, we saw so much success with the exact same principle she used in radio and exact same principle she used in, you know, door-to-door vacuum sales. And our business began to grow, 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 grow. Now we have location in Knoxville, Tennessee, a big office in North Atlanta here in the Jackson County area, satellite offices in McDonough and Orlando, Florida, and growing. It's just continued to work year over year, over year, over year, over year. And she asked me, would you come and be a part of the company? And let's expand this to every entrepreneur that needs it. Everybody needs He's a personal brand. And I said, you know what? I'd love to. So here we are.
1: So wow. he's a partner in Brandface now. Yeah. Because real estate, there's another
0: uh, highly competitive uh, yeah. industry where there's a lot
1: of realtors, and most don't know how to brand themselves. Mm-hmm that don't. Absolutely not. And that's why when I started working with Michael, you know, I had worked with people across and have since then as well, many different industries. But when Michael came along with real estate, we really took off in that direction. So it became our focus for quite some time. And now we help, a um, we help a lot of real estate professionals still, mm-hmm. but we also help people, people like us, podcasters, authors, speakers, coaches, consultants, you know, that's really the bread and butter of, of who we work with and who we, can you know kind of help because as you know because you're a podcaster yourself you know you've got to have that personal brand to set you apart from everybody else who's trying to do the same things we're trying to do every day Mm
0: -hmm. exactly so when you look at how what sets you apart because you know we do a lot of the same things but what sets you apart
1: like what's your secret sauce So our secret sauce are actually taking the fluff and putting it into formulas because a lot of people talk about personal branding and they say, oh, just be yourself. Just post personal things about yourself. Don't forget the personal side. Make sure you're authentic. A lot of those things. But we actually created the formulas by which you build a personal brand. And, And it's a simple formula. It's define, develop, display. That's pretty much what it is. Of course, there's a lot, or reading the white space in between the mm. lines, should I say? There's a lot in between. We actually do look at 77 different criteria when we personally brand somebody, but the basics of the process and the principles, they're exactly the same no matter what industry and no matter where you are in the world.
0: Mm. You're right. It is about defining. The first step there is defining, because a lot of times when you start talking to someone, They go, oh yeah, I'm going to do a personal brand. I'm going to be authentic. And they go off and they do this stuff and they're authentically posting about themselves and they're all over the map. (laughs)
1: They have no idea what their story is. Right, right. Some of our clients have referred to that as multiple personality disorder in their marketing. (laughs) That's what they've said to us. It's like, I feel like I have multiple personalities out there. They're all different. And I think the key to success in business is pulling all that up under your personal brand to say, why should you be doing business with me? What do I have to offer to you? You know, there's really five, questions that we believe a great personal brand has to answer and it's who do you serve exactly who exactly how do you serve them what qualifies you to serve them how does it make their life better and then what sets you apart in your industry answer those questions you have to know that and then you have to show that and so that's where the develop and display part you know comes in as well
0: it's about talking to the right people and knowing who do you want in the room when you're about to talk.
2: Mm-hmm. Great way to put that. Yeah, it's definitely true.
0: A lot of times when I'm talking to realtors and I say, OK, so what is your niche? There's the odd one that has a niche. But for the most part, they're like, oh, I sell all of Calgary.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> we hear oh, that. Yeah
1: okay how are we I, I gonna do I that <laughs> right we call we call those you know we say we, you know when you tell us who you serve exactly who you serve it cannot be just somebody who fogs a mirror yeah I okay want, somebody
2: wants to buy a house <laughs>
1: yeah it can't That's just not, be oh buyers and sellers oh it's not <laughs>
2: enough it's not enough no it's not uh you know and people people don't realize like i like it was sort of impressed upon me especially in real estate if we want to stay in that vein for a second they it was impressed upon me because i was no different i was a senior vice president of, of, of the fourth largest real estate auction company in the world like we we did near one hundred seventy five thousand transactions like it like i was involved with all of that and so when i came back to home uh, to hometown home base to reinvent i wanted the same thing okay let's stretch out all over the united states let's have and then you begin to realize very quickly we can't do that i haven't gone to wall street sold my soul for 20 million dollars a year in advertising like zillow to try to grow something something super fast, super big over the course. Of, and it still takes decades to get that done. Yeah. But if you begin to shrink it, and then I'm like, okay, well, we'll just take over Georgia. And then I'm like, wait just a minute, there's 4 million transactions a year here. Like, okay, wait, 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 let's just take over Atlanta. Wait, wait, just a minute. There's 22 counties in Atlanta. You know what I mean? There's, you know, they're doing 200,000 transactions. No, yeah. so wait, wait, let's just take over Gwinnett County. Wait, just a minute. There's 20,000 transactions. So let's take over Jefferson. Okay, we can do that. And then we did. And then we, now we're in Jackson County. And then you start expanding backwards again but it's hard to convince people that that is where the wealth is yeah shrink it shrink it shrink it shrink it prune it it'll grow shrink it shrink it shrink it shrink it get focused on what you want to do and then you know the message of the person you're wanting to respond to you i like that whole prune it so it will grow yeah you have to think that way and as i teach my agents that now you have to do that like if quit farming 2 000 houses farm 200 houses but no literally every house know them by name, know what's going on, know who's putting it up for rent. The more you know about that, then the more you're in authority. And when you put your brand out there correctly, they're going to respond to you. And now you're not just spending a lot of money, but you can't prove where you that return comes from. Mm-hmm. You're focusing on people and you can clearly say, well, you know, I noticed when I spend $200 on this ad, I get X. When I spend $500 on this ad, I don't get anything. Mm-hmm. Because now you know who you're talking to and how to talk to them exactly Man,
0: exactly you know i do that with email marketing a big piece of what i do is segment people based on their behavior so here's the topic of the email in the subject line if they open it up they're obviously interested in that topic now you get in there and it's like okay well if they clicked they're interested in that specific subtopic mm-hmm. and then you segment and when you segment and you have your email list working properly, you can get the 80% open rate that I get. Mm -hmm. But that's, everyone's like, oh, that's so impressive. And I'm like, okay, hold on. I can do it with your list too, but you have to be willing not to email every single person on that list. And you
1: have (laughs) to be willing to kick those who don't open up you have to be willing to kick them to the curb. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. There's nothing that, that replaces a clean list.
2: That's what you want. You know, somebody <laughs> even quantified it even in a podcast arena, because we work with a lot of podcasters and authors and coaches, and they even said that, and I can't remember, you might remember who exactly it was, but he, he he's like, look, everybody wants 500 downloads in the first hour, right, of your podcast. But listen, if you could get 10 people in a room that was listening to you and your message, would you be happy with that? And that's that's all you got to shoot for because you I would rather have 10 people that actually care about what I have to say than 500 people that's like, is this worth listening to? There's a huge difference in the two and you want that list no matter what you're t- talking about in your marketing yeah and that's what we that's why the brand is so important I know you believe in this too, right it, because branding is that message. marketing is just putting the message out there and, and all the platforms and everywhere you can show up. Branding is the message that you're putting out there to the exact person that you want to talk to. That niche marketing is so important, so important to what we do.
0: Being able to let go of that fear when it comes to not wanting to niche down in as a realtor to a specific type of property or or a specific area in the
1: city. What it comes down to is it's a fear of missing out. Yeah, I would agree. yeah, it's just, I don't want to shut anyone else out. And you know how we explain that, whether it's real estate or anybody, you need an ideal customer profile, right? And you need to know who you're talking to, because how do you even know what to put in your marketing? If at first you don't even know who you're talking who to, is. who yeah. it is you're trying to attract. So, you know, once you get that dialed in, it makes all the difference. We say to, to people, Just because you say, okay, I'm going to specialize in and I work best with Customer A does not mean that you'll never work with customer B or C again. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means you're not going to waste your time, money, and marketing efforts on customers B and C. You're going to focus those on customer A because the truth is, you're going to get the fringe referrals anyway through somebody just sees your brand. And even though you say, Hey, I specialize in this, they might say, I saw you specialize in that, but I really like what you stand for. I'd like to work with you. Mm -hmm. Or, one of your customers recommends someone that they know because they love your work, that person might not fit your ideal customer profile. That's okay. You can still do business with them or in the case of real estate and or insurance or mortgage or some of the, some of the other uh, categories like that, maybe refer them out to somebody who's a better fit for them. Get a referral fee and don't work for it. Just all you're doing is passing a customer along to somebody who's a better fit for them. Then you don't have to spend your time working with that customer. You can focus on what's best for you. So it's it's a win win in that situation and they look at it very often as a
2: loss. And it's not a loss. It's not a loss. Yeah. You know, in the real estate business, I do it because I know I'm not a competing broker. I have people call me all the time and say, hey, will you help me? Hey, will you help my grandmother? Will you help my uncle? Hey, hey, I want to find this. And I'm always like, of course. My advertising from what I do is recruitment and searching out those next superstars in the business. But when they call me like that, I'm like, yeah, let me introduce you to my friend. She works with me every day. Let me introduce you to my friend. He works with me every day. I'll be involved. And I just pass that along. And, and so that's really the only step that a person has to understand when they niche in right you're still going to get hopefully ups from your broker you're going to get mm-hmm. a lead here or there and you may specialize in downsizers but then you've got this this uh first-time homebuyer. buyer that it comes to you through another source take them make them make some money mate why would you do that you wouldn't turn that away but you're not advertising to that person you're not spending right. your money and marketing dollars you're not learning that person inside and out so you can speak directly to them because that's your niche customer It's very difficult to your listeners and not just
1: for real estate. It's very difficult for any other industry to focus like that. Focus is, you know, the fear of focus is probably the number one cause for business failure.
2: Yeah, I would agree.
1: I'm guilty
0: of it myself. I know that I'm supposed to niche. I've known that I'm supposed to niche from the get go, but I have so many skills when I started market appeal, it was because I couldn't find work. So what do I do? Hmm. Let's see. I've got this experience, this experience, this experience, and this experience. Let's bring it all together and create a company. And people Mm -hmm. come up oh, can you do a website? Yeah. Okay. I can do that. Oh, can you write, help me write my book? Yeah. I can help you write your book. Oh, can you help me? Yeah. I can help you do this. Next thing I know I've got all of these things that I've done, but I'm still not consistently making money or attracting clients. And I know the problem.
1: It's very common, Shannon. It's very common. You know, we talk to, especially podcasters, they're the ones that we hear from quite often that feel like they have uh, the multiple personality disorder, right? <laughs> because they have so many talents and sometimes they're working the job, trying to work their way out of it to do what they truly love. And then they have a side hobby over here or a business they're trying to build. And then they have a podcast that they started to try and get recognition and generate leads for that business they're trying to build. So if you take just that scenario alone, you've got three different businesses or initiatives here. Mm -hmm. And they begin to feel like I'm spread out all over the place. But do I need three different brands, just two different brands? And we say, no, it all begins with your personal brand. Start there. Because if you can explain to people why they should do business with you, your personal brand is your story. And it explains why you're involved in these three things. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to keep all three, four five jobs, right? It will help them focus greatly. I think the, the one thing that is the underestimation of a really strong brand is the benefit that it brings of helping you focus your own business direction, because then you realize, okay, this is what I want to be known for. This is the direction I'm headed. And this is why this is my story. This explains what I'm doing and why and who I'm doing it for and how it helps them. Mm -hmm. And then it all becomes so much clearer after that. And I think that branding doesn't get enough credit for that part.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. You know, let's define branding, because I think a big piece of that is we have all of these different words in the business world and people are continually to using them wrong or not understanding the <laughs> full impact or the full thing that, that they are that they were
1: trying to communicate. So what does branding mean to you? Okay, well, that that one's pretty easy to me. You would hear a lot of people say it's the outcome, right? Or it's the reputation that you have as a result of what you're putting out there into the world, okay? And I don't disagree with that part of it. What I believe it is, is the way you present yourself to the world, you teach people how to treat you, okay? And that's what a great brand should do. It should teach people how to treat you. So, I mean, we just actually did a live video on this right before this podcast. A lot of people will say, Well, your customers are the only ones that really determine your brand in the end. Well, while the customer does make the final decision as to whether or not they'll do business with you, if you wait for your customer to determine what your brand is, you've missed it altogether why should you not strongly and highly influence that if you build your brand correctly in the beginning, your brand tells people how to treat you. And it's a huge, huge difference. And I think people miss that part of they just they feel like if they get out there and be themselves, and they have a cool logo, and maybe some nice photos, they've got this brand take another 10 years before somebody tells them kind of what their brand is. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it should be. No, You have a say so in how you're received and how you present yourself to the world. That's what I learned so many years ago that I could impact that change in a day. Mm -hmm. Branding is your story. It permeates every piece of your business. Ecosystem is what we call it. It's it's an ecosystem. And you're right. And and for that reason, it's kind of hard to measure. If somebody says, oh, I got that kind of business from my brand. Well, chances are you're 100% right, right? But how am I going to quantify that? I'll tell you how you quantify it. It's because if you don't have it, you're not getting that kind of business. And if yeah, you right. do have it, you're getting it, right? <laughs> but if you're doing it correctly, your brand is infused into every single thing you do, the colors you wear, the way you you know dress yourself, the logos that you have, the imagery for your brand, the story, your elevator pitch, like everything, it's an entire ecosystem that truly is your story and why you exist to do what you're doing.
2: Yeah, we like to say, you know, a great brand doesn't just change how others see you, it changes how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. do something to live up to it gives you a reason every day like so many people get up and I'm, I'm just as guilty i've been just as guilty over 30 years of business i you get up some days and you're like i don't know what i'm supposed to do today uh, I, if you get branded and you do the work to define develop and display your brand you know exactly why you get up tomorrow and you know exactly what to do uh, i ever since i met tanya and because i i was successful in business before brand phase but i felt like even though i was gaining ground i was slipping all the time, like slipping, slipping, slipping. You know what I'm saying? And I, but then when brand face came along and I defined what it is that I was supposed to be doing, and I got rid of those things that were shiny, that I niched in towards that ideal customer. Well, then I was still pushing just as hard, but now I got traction. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, now I'm gaining ground. Now I'm looking down at reports that show me how much money I'm spending in advertising and what I'm getting from it. And then I'm taking that and saying, okay, well, I can double that. And then I'm doubling that. And then I'm doubling my revenue or even tripling my revenue, and then I can say, okay, well, I can triple that, and now I'm quadrupling my revenue, and you, you know, and so many people in business, probably, they don't feel that way. They don't. Well, I've got this advertising up here, and you know, I don't know if it works. And oh, look, the economy's slipping a little bit. I need a, I need to pull back on my marketing and all that kind of stuff. We don't do that, you know. We at the brand face principles. We didn't pull back when COVID hit because we know number one, that's the first knee jerk reaction that everybody else was going to do. So then we get the opportunity to gain ground. Now we prudent about it. Right. We will do like everybody else. And say, OK, let's, let's what's going on. You know, we don't nobody knows what's going on here. Is this the end of the earth? Right, what are we going to do? Right. But it took us about two weeks, maybe a month. And then we're like, wait just a minute. You know, Grant Cardone and Robert Kiyosaki and guys like, oh, it's the death of real estate in America. And we're like, no, it's not. And we're like full steam ahead. You know, had the greatest year we've ever had in our life and until the next year. Which yeah. we doubled what we did the year before, and we're already on track to have it doubled again this year. Uh, and it's because we have stuck to that niche. We know what our marketing does. It doesn't mean we don't gamble on the marketing. Of course we do. Of course we go out here and say, okay, well, we got this dialed in. Can we pull this in? But we've got, we know what we've got dialed in, and we know how to make it turn. And that's what a lot of our listeners and your listeners are missing. They don't know how to put it together and then make it turn and catch the traction. But, but I promise you, it will, it will. You just have to define, develop and display that brand.
0: When I look at a, my, a brand and I look at the digital footprint, cause I map out the digital footprint, where are we going to be? Where platforms are we going to focus on and how do all of this work and how does that customer journey look and let's create content around that. But there's so much noise online it's so overwhelming and there's so many platforms and everyone's trying to do something to make themselves stand out right how can someone stand out how can a brand even
1: make an impression online today good question that's a great question. First of all, you've got to figure out what your point of differentiation is. Mm-hmm. And and there is a formula for that, that we utilize, you know, it's called the stair method. And we, we walk our clients through it and we figure out, okay, what are we focusing on? You mentioned earlier in terms of of real estate. Are we going after, are we focusing on a specific property type, a specific customer type, our expertise, our experience, attributes, whatever that is. We look at all of those things and it kind of is like a puzzle. It's a puzzle. It's a formula. And that's why everybody can't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Michael will tell you right off the bat, he's could not have Pulled his brand together
2: like oh, that. I've been a marketer all my life. I wasn't a brander until eight years yeah. ago.
1: A lot of people can market. There yeah. are some great marketers in the world. There are not a lot of people who truly understand the puzzle pieces of branding, how all those intricate pieces fit together. Because you've got to think about Every human being has multiple points of differentiation. We don't just have one. And once you decide who your ideal customers are, then you've got to figure out, okay, what's important to them? Now, which of these points of differentiation about me over here are going to be attractive to them? Which ones are they going to appreciate? And then which ones are going to be different, unique in my market and in my industry? And then you begin to kind of pull those things together and take it through a funnel approach almost. And it's like, okay, now we've got these two or three options to work with here to really set you apart um sometimes it's very easy sometimes it's very difficult <laughs> but it's always doable
2: yeah very necessary yeah
1: a lot of people just won't put their head in the scent
0: or they try oh i tried social media marketing it doesn't work oh i tried podcasting, it doesn't work oh i tried this it doesn't work why is this not working for most people like
1: well what reason do you find right. that it doesn't work okay five words the problem is your brand okay seriously it, because years ago i learned this many years ago uh, clients would say to me oh in the radio industry clients would say oh radio doesn't work i've tried that before and i would say yes it does marconi tested it many years ago it actually works <laughs> right and then i'd and then i'd the say how about channel. if we just put out there We took all your commercial time and we promoted your competitor. How would that work? No, you can't do that. You can't do that. And it's like, of course, because radio works, right? The platforms work. Mm -hmm. You just need to figure out how you infuse your own brand into that platform. And and it's unique for every person. So there's not just one clear cut answer to it. And I know everybody's sitting there waiting for the one clear cut answer. The clear cut answer is you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's you. It's you. (laughs) It's you. Yeah, everybody wants easy.
1: (laughs) Everybody wants easy
0: and everybody wants yesterday and everybody who doesn't. It's funny because I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs and they are in overdrive. They're so far out front that they don't want to know about the details that have to be done and then they want you to explain something to them and there's tons of miscommunication because some the details didn't get communicated properly or they're not listening to the message or you missed something in the message. Uh, you know there has to be a way because these a lot of entrepreneurs and as you know, are hard-working visionaries. Mm-hmm. And yep, details, sure. like which platform should I be on? You know, they don't wait 10 years. They want it yesterday. That's true, but oh, it's yeah.
1: all 100% dependent upon their brand. What it is, is it you want to be known for? Like, mm-hmm. who are you trying to attract? What is your message? All of those things will tell you which platforms you need to be on. And still, to your point, there's still probably hundreds of them that they could be on even after that. So you really kind of focus in on then, okay, how comfortable are you using these platforms? If you're somebody who loves to do video, great. These are the platforms for you. If you hate video, but you don't mind talking or you're a writer or you're more creative, you know, in certain different ways, these are the platforms for you. But really it's all your brand. It will determine all of that. And that's why everybody gets so wound up and has so many marketing failures is because they just try and put something out there that they don't even really that it's not even concise Mm -hmm. their message and their image is not concise it's not dialed in it's not congruent
0: well they don't have a strategy they just heard from their friend over
1: here that this worked Mm -hmm. then they heard from a friend over there that that worked and they heard from a friend over here that the other thing worked oh and the shiny marketing syndrome is killing Everyone, Listen, right? I
2: wish I had the money that State Farm and uh, Domino's Pizza waste on marketing that does not work, does not have a <laughs> message. You have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> Instead of just saying we build the best pizza ever and Get the doors, dominoes. You know what I mean? That's all they ever had to do. And it's, uh, it blows my mind. I've got, I travel between uh, North Carolina and Charlotte and Atlanta a good bit for business. And they, um there's, there's two guys that are in competition with each other in Greenville. And they get there. It's like who can buy the most billboards in real estate, right? One of them has one concise, clear message. It's always the same. Every time, it's always the same. Same picture, same message, same everything. The other guy's all over the board. One day he's in a football uniform. One day he's dressed up like a ghost. Then next day he's upside down you know they're both great real estate agents they really are there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that but one of them's got a concise message that grows year over year over year over year over year over year and the other one's still just trying to reach Who knows who, like, you know what I mean? And you can clearly see each, how each one of them grows And the one with the concise message that is dialed in, that has a brand and know exactly what that brand is. He grows every year, year over year, over year, over year, over year, over year, over year, never fails and never fails. And it just blows my mind that other people in other industries and that's what they do. They're always like, man, it's new, it's innovative. It's, you don't need that. People don't need that in the world of shiny. They need quick and they need, what was that? And then they need you to hold their attention.
0: They're looking for the gimmick. They're yeah. looking to go viral. They're looking right. for the influencer that's gonna make give them all of these visitors for one day. It's those shiny matrix yeah. that don't really like their vanity matrix
2: It's like yeah. eating. You can't sugar. sustain. That's a great word. They don't right. sustain. It's, a, it's a vanity matrix. That's very that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: want to thank you for dropping by today. And I know people are going to want to know more about Brownface and how you can help them to stand out in the marketplace and define their story and figure
1: out, okay, how do I move forward? Absolutely. You can go to discussyourbrand.com. Discussyourbrand.com. And that's where you can just sign up for um, a free call with our team. And we'll talk a little bit about your goals and your direction and get you set on the right path.
0: That's great. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Shannon. Thank you for having us
0: on. Welcome to Brand Appeal, where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host, Shannon Peel. And today I talked with Tanya and Michael from Brand Face, all about branding and why it is so important to realtors and other businesses. If you are a realtor or a business owner who is struggling with niching down or telling the right story to the right people, this episode is for you. So keep listening.